Nasty. That's Hamadou Diallo in the 2019 Slam Dunk Contest. It's views from the sideline, February 19th, 2019. What's going on, fellas? Hi. Oh, hey, Joe. <laughs> Not much. Um, back to the podcast after All Star Weekend. And it was an epic. No, it wasn't. It was pretty. It was a pretty. I'm happy we're back to. Regular basketball. Yes. <laughs> Regular yes. basketball. Uh, we'll, you know, we'll talk about all of it later. NBA All-Star Weekend, that's what it was. You yeah, The usual NBA All-Star Weekend. No defense, not many storylines. There was one good A dunk, few good highlights. A few good highlights. It was the most usual All-Star Weekend ever. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's the best way to put it. That there really, was nothing and that, that really isn't a positive when you think no, about it. No, 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 it's not. I'm not saying it is. I'm, I'm just saying, yeah. That nothing stood out out of the ordinary this weekend. Like sometimes, like the Demarcus Cousin trade made that All Star Weekend like really crazy. Um, the Aaron Gordon Zach Levine dunk contest that was something we didn't expect. You know, there's certain things that stand out this year. There was absolutely nothing that really stood out. And we'll get into it at the tail end of the show. We'll break down all 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 Star Weekend. Joey is gonna break it down for us. Uh, he is the All Star Weekend expert, right, Joe? That's right. <laughs> That's right. I sat and suffered through it all. So we'll talk about Except that a little bit later. Except for almost shedding a tear for your boy. <laughs> Dropping oh. those deep threes. Those are probably <laughs> the last deep threes he'll hit in his career. Joe, Joey's boy, Dirk. Unfortunately, not in the three-point contest, though. Yeah, that was that was rough. Did he did he end up making it all the way through? Yeah. He With plenty it? of time. Nice. Nice. At, le- at least we don't have to worry about him missing a whole rack. Yeah. Uh, but let's jump right into it. Let's start in the NFL. A little bit of off-season news so far. Antonio Brown, he requested a trade last week. Him and the owner of the Steelers had a heart-to-heart, they said. I think it was reported this morning. And they've officially decided to move on like it's best for both the franchise and Antonio Brown. And that is likely going to happen in the offseason. Where do you guys want to see Antonio Brown land? Not where you expect him to land. Where do you want him to be? Well, if you're asking where I want him to be, I want him to be right here in Detroit. Do I expect him to be here? No. Do you think Never. there's a, do you think there's a slightest chance? Never. 
the, I don't, well, I don't, he's not he's not a free agent. He has no, to get traded. Yeah, he has dude. to get traded. So it's not like it's his choice. Yeah, and the Steelers are still up in the air if they even want to do it. Obviously, it sounds like it, they're obviously do it. it'll be hard if they keep him, but the the asking price is going to be pretty big. Um, of course, because he's arguably the best receiver yeah. in NFL. So I don't think the Lions necessarily have the pieces for it, and I don't really want the Lions to give up too many draft picks, with the, which they would have to do. So I don't know how it would work out, but I would, I mean, I guess at the same time, if they could get it done, I'd go for it. I think what you just brought up a little bit kind of ties into the importance of this offseason for the Detroit Lions. There's been reports about how they might look at a quarterback in the first round. Now reports of Antonio Brown being available. It's kind of a pivotal moment in the franchise because do they decide to start a rebuild or do they double down kind of like the Pistons did with the Blake Griffin trade? Do they double down, give up a bunch of assets, add Antonio Brown, maybe the last piece to the puzzle for Matthew Stafford? It's interesting. I could see Quinn going either way. Bob Quinn, the Lions general manager, going either way. What do you guys think about that? Do you think they double down and kind of – trying to make a push for the playoffs, or do you think they gradually ease into a rebuild by drafting maybe a quarterback? Joe, Malik, either. Go ahead, Malik. We're talking about the Steelers, right? Lions, do you think they ease into... I zoned out swap years. <laughs> yeah. Do you want I, the, I zoned hey, out when we... we yeah, do you want like the Lions the to start a rebuild and draft a quarterback, or do you want them to go <laughs> after Antonio Brown and kind of... Double down on trying to make a playoff push or something like that, or being better, kind of like what the Pistons have done. Before he jumps into it, I'm glad I'm not the one zoned out this time. Yeah. It's a first. So I'll go first. I'm here now. I'll, I can I, go first. I can go first. I'm here okay. now. All right, go ahead. I would hate to see them go for Stop trying to go for it. Stop trying to keep. You're not going to make a playoff run anytime soon. Your division is going to keep getting stronger. Adding one player isn't going to push you ahead of all the other teams break it down you you haven't really taken since the 0 and 16 season you you had your run you had your playoff chances you had some some good teams but holding on to this dream with Matthew Stafford at quarterback it it clearly it pads it, the time has passed Calvin Johnson isn't there anymore Golden Tate might have been the last remnant of what the past was break it down now it's time joe yeah i i kind of agree i would rather go into i'm a little surprised by that I, yeah i would think you would double down especially since you're all i'm close Lions make the playoffs i'm close to doubling down but only double down if you can manage to pull off the the miracle off season and get like an antonio brown or Le'Veon bell who's still sitting out there what if they got both then double down. I <laughs> double down on those guys. But other than that, you got to go rebuild. I Like I said before, I would really like if they could take a quarterback in the draft. It's hard, though, because they still have Stafford locked in to take a, a quarterback that high. Uh, but I feel like if you could get your hands on Haskins or Murray, it would just be so helpful to have them kind of be molded in the system before you let go of Stafford, especially if you were able to pull Murray. I think that would be a really cool kind of mix for the team. It would definitely change the dynamic of the offense, and it would allow probably their running game overall to open up. 
and it just gives them a secondary option, and then they can develop Murray because a lot of people are questioning how he'll work out in the NFL. So you can kind of develop him as that secondary, like weird running quarterback to come in and do some every down, some some downs here and there. And then when you're done with Stafford, you can just fully relinquish the starting job. Malik, where do you think or where do you want Antonio Brown to land? Outside of the Lions, let's because Joey already said the Lions, but outside of the Lions, where would you want Antonio Brown to land? Uh, I, I don't consider this one a cop out, even though it's been kind of rumored and the the best receiver of all time has been pushing for this to happen. Also, seeing him in San Francisco would be cool to me. Jerry Rice has been talking about he's been talking to Antonio Brown, and Antonio wants to come to San Francisco. I don't I don't read into any of that really, but seeing him with that young core building up, him and Jimmy Garoppolo trying to become another Montana and Rice. It would, it would be a really cool storyline seeing them come together and seeing Jimmy Garoppolo grow as a quarterback with this top five receiver and see how they come together. What about the Browns? They're, they're riding a high right now. Do you really think they would trade him to a team that's going to supplant them in the next few that's years? That's true. That's true. That, I, I'm really, I, th- I think they're too smart for that. But also the Browns could, I mean, they are the Cleveland Browns. They could totally tank, and then you get value from their picks. The Brown- I mean, it doesn't matter. Like Antonio Brown's not going to be a savior, but it's just a good piece next to Baker. But, I mean, if I'm Pittsburgh, I could totally see, like, eh, I guess we could s- get a bunch of picks from Cleveland, and if they tank, which more than likely the Browns will tank because they're the Browns, um, then they get a bunch of good value for them. This is the first time the Browns have had actual hope in years. I don't think... I don't, they're not going to mess okay. this one up. With Baker Mayfield back there and the pieces they have, I, I don't... You're I don't, actually buying into the Cleveland Browns. I'm buying into them being a good team. Okay. Where do you expect... Although the organization is still messy, but they've improved. They've improved. Fair enough. Where do you expect, not where you want him to go, where do you expect Antonio Brown to land? Where is he playing week one next season? Joey. Hmm. That is a more difficult one. Where will he be? Yeah. I really, I don't know. I I feel like his, his most likely is going to be Oakland. You think Gruden, or you Green think the Bay. Raiders? You think Gruden trains, trades even more of his team away? <laughs> I could see it. <laughs> Or where was the second one? Green Bay. I can see Green I'm Bay. more scared of the Green Bay thing. What about you, Malik? Do you think San Francisco too? I'm going to go San Francisco one, and for some reason, this team just popped in my head. Miami two. Miami? Miami's kind of been on the radar about it. Really? I mean, every team is would like him. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. I haven't, I haven't trusted Miami ever, really, besides those few Surprise years with Chad Pennington and the Wildcat offense. They haven't made great decisions. They've stuck with Tannehill too long. I wouldn't be surprised if they tried. They they go drastic and say, we need to get ahead of Tom Brady and the Patriots now. Let's go for the best receiver in the league. Mm. And maybe him, Tannehill, and Devontae Parker will become a force. Fair enough. Fair it wouldn't enough. be surprised me if yeah. they did something like that. 
Uh, let's transition to some college hoops. That's really the only NFL things we want to talk about today on the show. Uh, Michigan State, move up a spot to number 10 in the rankings. They rolled past Ohio State. But then Nick Ward's out a few weeks with that hairline fracture. How much is this going to impact MSU? You see them starting to, it seems like, get higher and higher on the college rankings, but then they have to deal with the Nick Ward injury. Although he's not been a huge impact on the glass, he's still a huge impact on this team. How much is this injury going to affect Michigan State moving forward? I think this will only impact them a little. Only a little, not much? Because the times when they look as bad as they have and they've taken embarrassing or bad losses, Nick Ward is one of the main reasons why it happens. He doesn't show up. The rest of the team can't get going because they make an effort to get Nick Ward going in the beginning of, in the beginning of a game, and if he doesn't get going, every they have to change up their entire thing, and the whole system and the way they approach the game goes out of whack. With him out, they can run a more fluid offense. They don't have to force it down low and try to get somebody going, so the rest of the team can try and get going. I personally believe Xavier Tillman is the best. Postman, they well the best post player they have at this point right now. They're going to keep running the same system. They want to run up and down fast every time they get the ball, try to score in transition. They're going to keep playing tough. Kenny Goins is playing out of his mind the past few weeks. He might have he might be their MVP the past few weeks. How well he's been playing and how he's improved his three point jumper. So with Xavier Tillman and Kenny Goins playing as good as they've been playing and the freshmen getting better each week, I honestly think they'll. They'll be all right. I think they will be. Joe? Yeah, I'm, I'm with Malik. I think possibly this could help the team. It allows them to, like Malik also said, to run more and get out in the, in the fast break, which they like to do. And Kenny Goings, like Malik also pointed to, is that he is playing out of his mind right now. He's playing really, really well. And to have him and Xavier Tillman is kind of a luxury that Michigan State has had. So losing Ward is nowhere near like when they lost Langford. If uh, they lost Kenny Goins, I think this might have sunk their entire season. Because yeah. the way he rebounds and the way he's shooting the three, that really would have sunk a lot of their offensive production and how they move. And this honestly might help their matchup against Michigan on Sunday even more because they match up better with Michigan. Again, without having Nick Ward in the lineup, because they can take. run with Michigan. I understand that, but that's also Nick Ward is still one of their better players. Right. I understand, yeah, they yes. maybe be able to run more, but when you're down one of your best players, oh, yeah, I never hurts. consider that a positive going up right. against someone. The the only question there will be is that Nick Ward does give you consistent scoring. He's played really well yeah. these last couple weeks. So that's the only issue. But Michigan if, has a solid defense. If too. Goings so and I think going up against Teske, I think Nick Ward, I don't think he would have had a really good game. Okay. Yeah. I, I think that the way that Michigan runs their offense is hard for Michigan State to match up against. But uh, now that the way it is, I think they'll be much better off. Okay. Well, I mean, we'll see Sunday. Uh, right. This week, the Spartans, they play versus Rutgers tomorrow night. That could still be an interesting game, depending on what MSU team comes out to play. Rutgers is a, is a surprisingly average team. Everybody expected them to be terrible. And Michigan they, State they're, is... They're an okay team. And State's 
seems to be a quite the streaky team right now. So it kind of depends what team comes out onto the floor tomorrow night. Uh, but then they go on the road to Ann Arbor to play at Michigan. Let's preview this one a little bit before we even talk about Michigan. What do you guys expect to see Sunday? A Michigan win. Simple and plain. Yep. As, as much as I said that I think Michigan State is going to match up better against Michigan now without, without Ward, they still are going to be without Langford the rest of the season, and that is a big blow against this Michigan team, I think. I think you need more perimeter scoring, and I don't know if Matt McQuaid gets it done. He looked a little better last night or the other night, and uh, I just don't think Michigan State is going to have enough to get over Michigan. Like Michigan has so many more guys uh, at the moment, especially where they can stretch the floor and they don't have to worry about those athletic bigs that Michigan State has necessarily. And the way that Charles Matthews is playing right now with these mid-range pull-ups, I think it throws a lot of teams off because you don't see it that often these days. And the only way that Michigan State's going to win this game is if they can control Brez Dacus. He's been kind of the one X factor for Michigan. Um, when he scored 20 or more, they've only lost once. How, okay. How do they control Brezdikas? How do they do that? Uh, it seems to be getting in his head. I don't know exactly who's going to do that for Michigan State. Matt McQuaid maybe could. Do you think if they get physical with him early on, they could throw him off? It could. I definitely think it could. So it, it'll be interesting because I, I do think that it would be Matt McQuaid that would match up against him perhaps i think they put kenny goins on him you think so? honestly put if you put kenny goins on him kenny goins has been has kenny get, been get sorry to cut you off but has kenny been getting consistent minutes yeah okay yeah. he's he's a key part of what they've been doing the past few weeks yeah and he'll get a lot of run yeah, time if you put kenny on him early he could get into brad dickus's head and also there are times where brad dickus but he's not going on offense he can get kind of like lackadaisical and slump off on defense and that'll get going going on offense so yeah the I think it, that'll be a, a better matchup for Michigan State and the other thing too is is you just leave Xavier Simpson alone I think you let him try to do his thing and if he beats you he beats you I think that's how you have to You're play such Michigan. A Xavier Simpson it's hater. true though like if you have a guy on your team he that does he doesn't the greatest point, though. perimeter shooter when Xavier's shot is falling Michigan is almost unstoppable yeah and I mean Xavier's game this year has been that little baby hook that he has, which has been great. I, I like that offense from him. I don't him. think it's so baby. I think it's a little, a little more sky hook to it. It's, goes, a, it's a mix nah. of both. But anyway, he throws some sky hooks up yeah. there. Anyway, I don't think he's going to be able to get into the paint as easily against Michigan State, so he's going to have to shoot more perimeter jumpers. But do you think I, I think you let him beat him. Do you think Foster Lawyer gets some time? He'll get a couple minutes. Just, he, just to he, give Cash somewhat he, of a break. He honestly hasn't looked that good in. He hasn't looked good at in, all in game time. Well, so. partly is because he can't defend anybody, right? And Cash that's why it's starting to look like Michigan State's slowing down a little he bit. He definitely won't be able to guard Xavier Simpson either. Cash has got to play like thirty-eight minutes a game because they and, get no yeah. help from their bench at that point guard. And spot. him, him playing Xavier Simpson in this game and having to play that much will not be a good thing. It really won't because. Xavier Simpson is a top five defensive point guard in the country. Cassius is a guy that can get his bucket sometimes, depending on his matchup. But going against Xavier, if if Xavier doesn't leave, the pick and roll is going to be essential for Cassius because he has to get open jump shots. Him trying to go at Xavier, that's not going to work. So, Mike, you got Michigan Sunday? 
Yeah, especially since this is a home game. If it was if it was at Michigan State, it, it would I think it would be a real question. Okay, but seeing the matchups, Nick Ward being out, I think Tom Izzo is going to have a hard time trying to adjust in the game to how deep Michigan is right now and how well they're playing, especially since they have a even more of a dimension now. Because last game against Maryland, Dave DeJulius played eight or nine minutes, and now John Beeline is saying this is his time to to become that backup and. He scored against Maryland. He looked confident. Brandon Johns is coming off the bench as a true freshman. There's a lot Michigan has to throw at them, and if if they don't, if Michigan State doesn't come out strong in that game, it could it could get ugly pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about Michigan. Let's move on to them. They fall to number seven. Uh, they lose to Penn State. It's at it was at Penn State, seventy five to sixty nine. I think we talked about this uh, before the show. Penn State just completely outworked them. They're not a more talented team. They just completely outworked the Wolverines. Uh, Michigan, they bounced back. They beat uh, Maryland 65-52, to and Maryland's ranked number 24 in, in the country. Joe, are you worried about Michigan basketball? Only slightly. Uh, I don't like when they go and they beat Wisconsin the week before, and then you lose to Penn State, and then later in the week you beat Maryland pretty handily. I, I I just don't like the up and down. I want to see more consistency out of the team, I guess. Uh, we're back to seeing Charles Matthews playing well. But as we've seen previously, he also has been on a roller coaster all season. So I just want more consistency from Michigan. And I want them, if they're going to lose, to lose more on just like a poor effort. I mean, they definitely had a poor effort tonight but it, or <laughs> against Penn State. But it's just too back and forth. I need consistency. Fair enough. Uh Michigan has five games left on their regular season schedule. They go at Minnesota Thursday. 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 Yeah. Um, then we got the game against, or they got the game against uh, MSU on Sunday. Then, then Nebraska, they, Nebraska, and then Maryland then again, and then MSU. So they so have that's a, tough, a rough stretch. Yeah, this is their part of the schedule to really show what team they are heading into the Big Ten tournament. How many losses do you see in the next five games? I could see two. I wouldn't be surprised if they dropped dropped at Maryland because during that Maryland game, they they figured out ways to attack Michigan, and they started really getting going. Michigan was just able to lock in on their defense and punch more every now and then. Michigan has showed they can slack off at times, and offensive inconsistency can really sink them. So if that happens at Maryland, they, Maryland can win by 13, 14, maybe 15 points. And nobody would be surprised if they dropped one at Michigan State. Yeah. Joe, how many losses did you see in the next five? I agree. I, I, I'm i more on the lines of seeing one, and it's either the Maryland game or the last Michigan State game. I'm slightly nervous about this Minnesota game, though. It's like a, it's like one of those games they would lose, yeah. especially recently, or has as we've seen throughout the Maryland, season. Minnesota played them really tough. They've dropped some random. Time, and Minnesota's kind of on a little bit of a roll right now. Yeah, so I want to say it's sort of a trap game, but yeah. I see them losing maybe to Maryland or Michigan State ending the season, which, honestly, if they lost to Michigan State the last game of the regular season, I feel like that would be a really positive thing because hopefully that would push them going into the tournament and Beeline could really get on them. Uh, let's go around couch hoops for a second. Outside of Michigan, Michigan State, who are you guys watching right now? I'll start with Malik. I know Joe's not prepared. <laughs> I'm slightly prepared. 
But Malik, who are you, who are you watching outside of Michigan, Michigan State? Who should the people be focusing in on as we inch closer and closer to tournament time? Well, the two main teams, first of all, I feel like people still aren't paying attention to them outside of the South because outside of Kentucky and Tennessee, people see that as the SEC mainly right now. Right now, LSU is a top 15 team. They are 20 and four, and I think they're 21 and four. 21 and four, and they have one loss in the SEC. I picked them as one of my surprise teams in the preseason because I saw how talented they were. I didn't know how well coached they would be. Will Wade is really putting these guys in great positions and really playing to their strengths as true freshmen. And although Tremont Waters doesn't have the numbers he had last year, he's the leader of that team. He's playing point guard at an excellent level right now, and it's showing with how well they're playing. And getting that win in Kentucky was a huge, huge thing for them, and it showed that they're not a team to be reckoned with. And then second, Marquette, a team that, honestly, another team that a lot of people aren't looking at. They're a top 10 team right now, being led by two of the best shooters in the country and the top, well, maybe number one or two scorer in the country, point guard-wise, and Marcus Howard. He's had three or four 40-point games this season. He's had a 50-point game. Then you have Joey Hauser, who's one of the best three-point shooters in the country. They are a fast-paced team that will let it fly from three-point range. And if they get hot, there there aren't many teams that can beat them. But what are your concerns with Marquette? Because like you said, if they get hot, nobody can beat them. But there's a reason why they're not a top-five team in the country right now. They rely on Marcus Howard and Joey Hauser shooting. Too heavily. Marcus Howard averaging 25, I think 25 or 26 points a game. He is the linchpin of that offense. Once he gets going, everybody else gets into a flow, and that offense is off and running. But, yeah, if, if Marcus Howard is off, that team has struggles to find offensive consistency. Joey, How- Joey Hauser could still be on, but, yeah, without Marcus being on, because he's, he's not the best point guard in the country. Passing-wise, running and offense-wise, he's okay. His scoring is the reason why that team is where it is right now, so – yeah, they're a team that could get upset in the tournament. But right now, the level that they're at, it, they're a huge surprise. And thirdly, I'm just going to throw in Houston because they only have one loss on the season. They're number nine right now. Do you think right people now. are underappreciating what Houston's doing this year? Oh, definitely, because they play in the American Conference, which is a average basketball conference. But what what they've built with that program in the past few years, last year they should have beaten Michigan, but they weren't, they weren't able to be clutch and close it out, and they – I mean, let's Michigan be let's be fair here. Michigan really did get lucky to win that game. I mean, they did, but that's that's, that's the a thing tough, that happens in the tournament. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So I won't say. But also, they had chances to hit free throws to close true, the game true. out. You're right. Couldn't do it. Yeah. Left the door open. Tournament things happen in the tournament. Yeah. Definitely. But they've definitely they've bounced off of last season. Their returning players are playing really well. They got a top 100 recruit in Nate Hinton, that's playing really well as a team there. They're a team that can't be ignored, and in the tournament, they could they could make a bit, of a bit of a run if people don't really look at them. Joey, you prepared? Oh yeah. All right, let's hear it. Uh, one of my teams, and I've I've been going to them in my tournament bracket the last couple of years is Iowa State, the Cyclones. This they, is I feel like the Cyclones are like your New Orleans Pelicans of college basketball, potentially. Mm, yeah. Iowa State 
actually gets the postseason. <laughs> <laughs> pretty, pretty actually New Orleans made it to the postseason last year and beat the Trailblazers. I said, I said pretty consistently. <laughs> they get to the postseason pretty consistently. Continue, Joe. Sorry. Anyway, uh, the Cyclones just, they play hard every night. It seems like they when they lose, it's not by much. Like, they're always in games. And granted, the flip side of that is even when they win games, they're not blowouts necessarily. They did blow out West Virginia, who was pretty good earlier in the season. But this team just plays hard. And they're, like we said, we they always have experience. And they have Mariel Shayok. He's a 6'6 guard. Came from Virginia. He's just yeah. he's big and he's strong. And he's the best scorer on that team. Taylor Horton Tucker is a, one of the most underrated freshmen in the country. And they just, they always play really good defense. And I feel like that's a key thing, especially when it comes tournament time, to watch out for. And they're obviously really well coached. Steve Prom's been there since uh, 2015, took it over for Fred Hoiberg. So this team knows what they need to do when it comes tournament time. And I think they have the pieces to make runs. And the good thing about being in the Big 12 is that it's maybe not as top-heavy as, like, the Big 10 necessarily. Cause it's, it's usually Kansas. Yeah, it's basically yeah. just Kansas up there. But the rest of the Big 12 are always solid. Um, so they play in a good enough conference where I think they, they play good enough talent to be ready for tournament-style play. Uh, the other team that I'll throw in there, which isn't that big, like, surprise, but Nevada, people always forget about them. They're another team with a lot of uh, experience, especially with the Martin Twins being. You've been in the talking about Nevada all year, though, right? But they they dropped a, a game early in the season that surprised a lot of people. So I think people, even now that they're in, they're back in sixth for the standings. People kind of just overlook them, and I can understand that. But you got to realize that when it comes tournament time, they have a lot of experience, and the Martin Twins are just so good that they can carry that team if they need to. Yeah. Uh, let's get into breaking down. The NBA's All-Star Weekend. It's Joey's favorite time of the year. It's what he waits for 364 days a year. It's like Christmas all over it's again. It's like Christmas all over <laughs> again. He's waiting to unwrap those presents. So, Joey, the first present you got to unwrap, the USA World Game. USA won. Kyle Kuzma got the MVP. What was the highlight of the USA World Game for you? USA finally winning. <laughs> That's true. I mean, usually it's pretty one-sided that the world always takes it. I was going to say, recently the world team has been winning, so it was nice to see the USA team win. Granted, on paper, they just they seem to have a better lineup overall than the world team this year. Um, but it's always, it's always a pretty competitive game. It's, I mean, it's still an all-star weekend event, so it's nothing like super exciting, but it was definitely fun to watch. Um, and it definitely shows that there's some some good talent coming in to the NBA at the moment. Uh, let's go more. Let's, I mean, yeah, there's not really much more to break break down from the USA World game. It was pretty lackluster, to say the least. Kuzma put up a lot of points. Lucas struggled. Jason Tatum. Tatum had a good game. Trae John Young. Collins had more impressive dunks in that game than the dunk contest. Oh, yeah. Trey yeah, Trae Young that and 360, yeah. yeah. That's what I was nervous about is that he seems to be a more in-game it, dunker. Yeah. And we'll talk about this, too, kind of talk about when we get to the dunk contest dunk competition but you think yeah i feel like you think Giannis is more of an in-game dunker too yeah and that's why you don't think he would succeed mm-hmm. yeah uh skills competition joe you got a gripe with the skills competition don't you oh yeah let's 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 hear it i think What's they need the to they need to change the format 
They need Again. To, they need to revert it back to what it was, where it's a time-based event, and there needs to be more passing, maybe another uh, dribble chicane. The biggest problem that I had with this, Jason Tatum won the whole event. He was losing every single round up until the shot. And I feel like that should And the not... shot that he's talking about is the half-court shot Tatum hit. Yeah. So at the end of the skills competition, you have to hit a three-point shot. You go through a dribble uh, chicane thing, and then you do a pass into a little barrel, and then you go for a layup, and then you go back down the other way and shoot a three. It's super short, and there's not a whole lot of skill involved. And it's basically, it always comes down to that last shot, and I don't feel like that encompasses a skills competition. Back in the day... When they first brought it along, there was I think two or three passes Chest and pass, bounce pass. Yes, and you had to you had to do different passes and you had to dribble more and it was just time based and the last shot was just a layup, I think. They eventually moved it I think to a free throw, but I like that and I like it being timed rather than head to head so that no matter what, you're not seeing the guy that you're against. You're hopefully pushing it. Not everybody's going to cuz it's All-Star weekend. But I feel like that would be more competitive and it would show off more skills. I understand they wanted to get big men involved into it, and I, I can appreciate that. But it's kind of hurting the whole competition as a whole, and it's not really the big man's fault because they've won a couple. Uh, but I would just rather see more skills involved. So kind of by your reasoning, Trey Young probably should have won the skills competition. I think so. Yeah. He he seemed to try the hardest as well. Yeah. He wanted it. Uh, Tatum just throws up a half-court shot, and luckily it banks in. It's right. Trey's trying to hit the three for the win. Uh, three-point competition. Joe Harris and Steph made it to the finals. Joe Harris takes it all. You were, ta- you were talking about pre-show that you had your eye on Joe Harris. Going yeah, into I, it. I was actually at a friend's house watching the three-point contest, and I was like, hey, don't sleep on Joe Harris. I know he plays for the Nets. I know that nobody really sees what he's doing, but he's one of the best shoot- three-point shooters in the league this season. He's had a breakout season, averaging three or four threes a game, solid like 13 points or so. He's a, he's just a role player, but he's he strokes, and he ended up winning the whole thing. It was a good competition. Three-point contest is still the best competition in All-Star Weekend. Well, yeah, because the dunk contest has been In recent years. Yeah. Overall, at least. And you get the most stars in the three-point contest nowadays because most stars are three-point specialists well there's still th- there's still star dunkers that's true uh dunk dunk contest who stood out for you in the dunk contest no one nobody hamadou diallo <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait update did malik did you watch the dunk contest you said last week on the show that you were not going to tune in no i did not you didn't watch any of it it's true to his word. Saw highlights. But you didn't watch it live. Nope. All right. Anyways, Joe, who stood out for you? I guess Hamadou Diallo. Okay. He, he had some solid dunks. And my, I always like when people can throw their dunk down within one or two tries, and he did that every time. So that's always a good, a good sign. And we led the show off with the Hamadou Diallo uh, dunk over Shaquille where he did – he stuck his elbow in the rim. He did use his off arm on the back of Shaq. I don't think it was really too big of I don't a deal. Think he, I don't think he did much. I think that's more of almost just telling Shaq, hey, I'm here. Exactly. And, and Shaq leaned a little bit. But overall, if you look at it. It was still a super impressive dunk. The way that he jumped vertically as soon as he started his jump, you could tell he was going to be fine. And I think that was great. The elbow hang at the end was a great 
end to that dunk. Like, I didn't expect that coming out. So, overall, dunk contest was terrible. Again, it's back to being normal. And Well, here's the thing with the dunk contest. They don't have any big names that do it anymore. It's because of social media. What do you mean it's because of social media? Because they know, and I, I swear, these guys know that if they go on the dunk contest and they fail, social media is going to blow up. So you're saying the stars of the NBA who claim, so they don't, they, they claim they don't care about the outside and the fans watching, they just go there, they do their job, and they try to win as much as possible. They're not doing the dunk contest because of social media, you're they're all yep. sensitive babies. They're scared. Is what you're saying. That's I, what I really that's that what your claim is. I really think that that's part of it. What's what's the other part? Because I need to put this together. They just to think they're too good for it. They don't need to do it. I don't know. I think that's that may be more of it because they're NBA players. They're competitors. If you love competition, like Jordan and Dominique Wilkins did in the '80s, they love competing against each other. They just wanted to win everything. If you want to, if you love competing, if you want to win, if you're the best, why not? I mean, why not? Do you think that comes down to being this day and age that people are too buddy buddy that they don't want to go against each other? Does that play a role at all? I'm just throwing it out there. That's possible because every year in the dunk contest, we just keep seeing young guys. That's it. Every time, I was because they're just trying to make a name for themselves. There probably wouldn't be an all star draft, so they wouldn't step on each other's toes. Right. I'm just, I'm just saying I mean, for the dunk contest, it's a, it's a little different. Talking about the all-star draft, LeBron, had, he drafted a lot of free agents for this upcoming <laughs> summer. Kawhi, AD, Kyrie, a Speaking lot. of AD, y'all see that picture of them walking huh. into the locker room and high-fiving each other and just looking at, looking at each other? No, I didn't see that. Oh, man, you have the looks they give each other. It's, it's priceless. You got to see it. It's, it's like it's a done deal that he's. They, they walk into the locker room. Give like dap each other up and they just like look at each other with like a. It's so funny. Uh, NBA is but yeah, dunk contest weird and dirty. Yeah. <laughs> weird and dirty. Please soundbite. Click <laughs> soundbite. We need tampering. That. Everybody's tampering. We need that. Um, who's gonna be the next? Who's the next big star that's currently in the NBA that's actually gonna do the dunk contest? Like if you think about years past, Zion Williamson. That's again, again. The thing with Zion is he's he'll he'll still be a rookie. It's not yeah. like an established star within the NBA. Right. Oh, I mean, uh, don't get me wrong. That's he's, established stars? Yeah. Nobody. I mean, the Nobody. last time we had established stars in the dunk contest, it was that 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 year they did the teams, and it was so oh, bad. God. They yeah. had John Wall, Paul George. That was the one year they actually had a chance. Yeah, they, they actually completely had, blew it. Exactly. They had Damian Lillard was in that. They had so many big-name players, and they just had them compete, and it was like. Maybe, just, maybe that's why they did it. Because they it wasn't uh, it wasn't a real competition. They just did a few dunks, and then John I mean, Wall did one dunk and one. I mean that's possible, but but yeah, it's a bummer. Yeah, it's just not gonna happen. It's all it's even worse to me because every other year there's a star that teases. Oh yeah, I'll do it next year. LeBron in 2008. Next year I'm putting my name. And in. then and then he had the whole going to Miami situation yeah. that now now we have Giannis. Should I do it next year? So don't tease the people. Exactly. Giannis. Just do and it. Then, or don't do it. And exactly. then Donovan Mitchell chiming in saying, "If you do it, I'm in." Now that Donovan, they do that. This is exactly. a yearly <laughs> thing. It's a yearly occurrence. Right. Oh, the, there's so much hate comes out. The tone contest was just a bunch of no names. Giannis, maybe I'll do it. Donovan, oh, I'll join if Zach you do. Levine, and then at, someone else. Zach Levine oh. at Aaron Gordon. Should we do it again? Yes. I was See, gonna that's say. What I'm what's your? <laughs> what would your guys's like? fantasy dunk contest be for I, next year i think if them four did it next year it would which four it the buzz would be insane 
Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon come back. Um, Zion Williamson. Yeah, Giannis. Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> he can't think of his back. own favorite player. And Giannis does it. But uh, the Zion has to be in it, so that's not good. All right. Mine. How many? If are them th- four were in it next year, the buzz would be insane. I only have four. Yeah. My my dream for next year is Giannis, Zion. I'd, I want to say LeBron, even though I know there's a 0% <laughs> chance, because I still, I like, Kobe did it. No. Michael did it. I want to see LeBron. Kobe did it. it when he was 18. It doesn't matter. It's, Kobe still did it. I know, but LeBron um, is... All right, so I won't put LeBron in it, but Zion, Giannis, got to have Zach Levine. Who would be the fourth? Who's one of the better dunk? Aaron Gordon. No, I don't want... I know Aaron Gordon, but... Another really athletic guy that probably won't be good in a dunk contest that'll come in I fourth. I could see Hamadou. I think Hamadou has a lot of stuff extra in the bag. You're talking about the fourth man, like Andre Drummond. You want Andre the guy you just throw in there. Andre was so who, bad. Who is the, the perfect? Contest. That's a hilarious conversation. Who would be the perfect fourth man in a dunk contest? The guy that's just there. Andre. To wave John Collins. Talk wave about and a, miss a dunk. Talk about the dunk contest. John Collins is in the Andre Drummond category of bad. It was yeah. that bad. Um, but yeah. So yeah. Shouts out to the fourth men that are there for the money. <laughs> Shout out to the dudes <laughs> riding the bench collecting them checks. Yeah. Uh, Sunday. The Sunday night. The actual All-Star game. Team LeBron beat Team Giannis, kind of like most people expected, 178 to 164. What were, again, I'm going to stick with you, Joe, because this is you breaking down the All-Star weekend for the people. All right. Who stood out, and what were some of the best moments from that game? Who stood out? I wonder who. It, it's a complete surprise. Blake who stood Griffin. out? Hmm? Kevin Durant. <laughs> Kevin Durant, That's not obviously. a real answer. I mean, he won the All-Star MVP. I didn't pay attention to him once. Really? I didn't even watch the what happened after the game. I didn't know he won MVP. I just like that when Kevin Durant's like he all of a sudden he locks in and he starts to like get rolling a little bit and it's like, well, I guess he's gonna win the MVP. I swear Damian Lillard chucked up like twenty eight threes. <laughs> he he missed like his first eight and that's, then hit like seven. That's and, for all like, those years that more. he's been snubbed. So I don't, now <laughs> every time he's in, he just chucks. Gotta get the shots up. Yeah. It's kinda like Russell when Russell was fishing for MVPs. Yeah. Or what it was Giannis last year that just really tried hard. Giannis got robbed this year. He, I mean, if they win, he wins it. He had like thirty. He had the most points, points by a foreign player. Yeah, in All Star game history. Best moments, Joe. I mean, Dirk hitting back to back threes. The, the Steph oop to Giannis was pretty incredible. That was one. Of, actually, I think that was one of the better dunks we've ever seen in an All Star game. The, I mean, he he bounced past the execution it off of that the ground. Was just Giannis perfect. was at the top of the square. Yeah, when he. Grab that thing and threw it great down. all around. I don't know. There's some crazy self alley oops that have happened in the All Star game, though. I understand that, but watching that one in real time. No, yeah, it was definitely. Oh yeah, really I, good. I saw it while it happened, and I just, I was, I was, I was just I laying in my back. bed. I jumped up and I just yeah, back like exactly. You, that's not something you see every day. The, the Dirk three pointers were pretty cool. That was sentimental. That hit hit you right because he hit <laughs> he's hit <laughs> some deep threes, so it was cool to see. He um, hit his first three too. Okay, it came out hot. Let's talk about this for a second. We talked about this pre-show, and I think this is something we really need to talk about. Before something you, you say need, it, you're wrong. Something you need to talk <laughs> something about. Something I need to you're get off my chest. Before you say it. Dwayne Wade and Dirk Nowitzki should not be wearing all-star jerseys. Continue. Because they, they were added to the game. They were not voted in by the fans. They were, not the vo- they were not voted in by the media. So why are they wearing an all-star jersey? Are they supposed they to wear should special be, legends yeah, jerseys? No, no. They, sh- they should wear the, just their own jerseys. Because Everybody they wearing all-star be, uniforms and they just have Malik, their regular uniforms. Hear me out. Hear me out. 
They did not earn that jersey. All these players earned the jersey through their play. Dwayne and Dirk did not. It's cool. Oh, it's their last season in the NBA. Yeah, it's cool. It's to a, see it, they're it's special cool editions. They're, thank you. They are special editions, not all-stars. I have a, Don't wear the all-star it jersey. Would look, it would look ridiculous if they were out there. It's just ridiculous that uniforms. special editions are in the all-star game. Um, I, don't, I don't think it's ridiculous. I have a question. Did their additions to the all-star game take anything away from the all-star game? No. Did yes, it, it add? Did. Did yes, it what add? did it, did what it, did it take away? Yes, it did. What did it, it take away? away? What's what's the point? Okay, don't work for an all. What did it take away? <laughs> Minutes from people that oh actually deserved it. They only play. They didn't play very much. Dirk but like those minutes, minutes could have went to someone else. Oh my god! Nicole Vucevic game, didn't get three more minutes. All star game minutes are meaningless. Dwayne Stop Wade it, and Dirk Nowitzki should have been wearing suits on the those bench. Minutes, they be new those minutes added. that they played don't matter at all. They're not. The game is not competitive. They're treating them like they're Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant. Chris. Was Kobe? They, you know, did you know are, that Dirk Nowitzki is in the top ten scores of all time? I know he they is. are. To, they are top players. But he is of not. You know, Dwayne Wade is one of the best shooting guards of all time. Shooting guard is such a thin position. First of all, it's still a very <laughs> big He's, thing. There's not Michael Jordan. There is a reason why this only happens every now and then. Dwayne this is the Wade. First year they, they, I don't understand. Jordan. Pre, Jordan pretty much just got in because Jordan's that was it. Michael freaking Jordan. It, it, I want to hear All Star game is. Kobe got Second voted, but Kobe year, got voted or? in by the fans. No fans voted in Dwayne Wade or Dirk. Kobe was voted in by the fans. They did have a lot of votes though, but they were did not get the spot. Listen, there is nothing wrong with this. Legends don't legends don't retire every single year. Fine. So special want, editions don't happen. If you want to add a special edition to the All Star game, that's fine, Adam Silver. It doesn't. Don't every... give them an All Star jersey because <laughs> they didn't earn it. I feel like that argument is so terrible. Exactly. What's you're okay with them being the, added, but you just yeah. it's just the jersey. But they're the legends, problem. and don't but, wear and don't play. But they're le- you can wear a suit play. on the bench. <laughs> you can be assistant coach. <laughs> Listen, Vince, when you retire, Vince, when you retire, Vince is gone. Vince in. Vince, no, no, Vince Carter. This is his last year. How come he didn't get the special edition? Well, he hasn't like officially. Oh, so he's got to say he's doing the one last dance. So that's honestly, what he can do. Um, yeah. That's so Never dumb. mind. Take that back. Don't put Vince isn't a legend. Don't put Vince in there. No. Joe, you take offense. Vince to that? isn't a legend. He's a, a Hall a of Famer, little, but, he's but not a legend. Technically, like his numbers don't line up with the likes of Dwayne Wade and Dirk Nowitzki, at least. There are tons of Hall of Famers that aren't he, legends. He's kind of like a legend for dunking. So that's like a different. Yeah. I, I get what Mike's saying. It hurts a little, but. Uh, before we break down. <laughs> Chris is wrong. Moral of the story. I mean, that's <laughs> the moral of most stories here. Uh, before we break down the second half of the NBA, the unofficial second half of the NBA season, kind of give a little bit of predictions, a little piss and talk. There were some actual Piston news over this past weekend. Uh, former Piston Ben Wallace was announced as a finalist for the Basketball Hall of Fame. First Finally. ballot. First. First ballot. So you guys think he's getting in for sure? Yeah. Joe? Most definitely. Look, I, I see something in Joe's eyes. I hope Listen. so. We Joe 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 doesn't ben, think. Ben I'm scared because he was left off the ballot for a while. Ben is most definitely getting in because of the people that they're throwing in now. I think I think the lists of players getting in are getting so blurred. The lines are getting so blurred that you you have to let Ben Wallace. I mean, Ben in. Wallace you is a four-time to. defensive player of the year. 
back to arguably back one of the best player of the defensive players of all time. Tracy McGrady got in first ballot. See, that's surprising to me. Uh, the lines are blurred now. But Tracy McGrady's numbers, though, he had two seasons that were all that were like almost all time great guard seasons. He was a he was a perennial All Star. Overall, he was a, he was a he was a really good player. He could probably be better than hot take alert. He's not first. You, you guys want to hear a hot take? What Tracy McGrady? I think could have been. Better than Kobe Bryant. He could have. I agree. There's a lot of stuff. Possible. That, there's a lot of uh, maybe reports the size, out there that Tracy just didn't take it seriously. I believe I he took it seriously. I think he was he was just a he was a different type of he didn't score. have the, he didn't have the Kobe mentality that Kobe like literally just lived in the in the gym. But also Tracy Tracy wasn't a talkative guy. Tracy wasn't fiery. Tracy scored. Tracy I guess, was fiery. I guess it, I guess it was Tracy was, Tracy was the sleepy eyed assassin. <laughs> he would give you forty and not blink the entire game. He'd just be, yeah. He get fiery when he dunked on somebody. Yeah. When he yeah. went on a crazy run, but when Tracy put thirty five on you, he showed a little bit of emotion. All right. That's just the type of player he was. Will any other piston from the going to work crew make it into the basketball hall of fame? I think two more definitely. Definitely lock it in. Chauncey is getting in. And then it's between Rip and Rashid, and I think it's Rip. And I think we're talking about pre-show, too. You say Rip because this is the basketball hall of fame, exactly. not the NBA hall of fame. I forget that sometimes, and, and most I think people I'm, forget yeah, that Exactly. Sometimes. Most people forget that. So It's the Naismith Basketball exactly. Hall of Fame. So you have to take into account their college careers as well, which Rip had a great college career. All-American at UConn. Yeah. One title. Uh, Joe, what about you? Yeah, I'm with Malik. I think Chauncey makes it in, and then it's hard to say between. I, I'm guessing that Rip's going to make it in because of his UConn national championship. You think similar to Grant Hill? Uh, I mean, obviously Duke star. Yeah. So I feel like it's a similar path there. That their NBA careers maybe. I mean, obviously Rip was great for the Pistons, but overall, when, when you consider it, Rip has a more su- successful NBA career than Grant Hill. Honestly, which is crazy. Well, here's the thing. You, Rip has more all-star. It, you got to put Grant Hill's injury. Exactly. You got to put an asterisk on it. Grant Hill, yeah. what was it? Uh, he had the most all-star votes by a rookie in NBA history or something like yeah. that. Yeah. And then the, re- the the fact that Grant also could have been one of the greatest is the reason why he could have. Yeah. 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 And then Rashid has always been one of the most underrated big men during his whole era. And his his loud mouth has been overshadowing his skills. Yeah, and I think Rashid also kind of formed his game into the role needed for the Pistons. Yeah, and I he could have been a lot better than what he was. was could have a lot more numbers. I, up. I always feel that Rashid was probably, if you go technically and skillfully, he was probably the best player on that team. Yeah, skill skill wise, yeah. yeah. But I mean, he didn't show it at all times, and he was he was more of a leader, a vocal leader, which was nice. So it, it'll be hard for him to make it. He bounced around teams a lot. He, if I think if he would have made it with the Blazers, they were really close to making the NBA Finals. I think that would have maybe put him over the hump. Um, people also forget he did have a really good career at North Carolina, but it, it'll be harder for him, I think. And like we said, Rip having that national championship will really help. I think having an an a national championship and an NBA championship are really key factors there. I mean, we can all agree that Tayshon's not getting in, yeah. unfortunately. Okay. Not cool. getting in. Cool. Just want to make sure we're all on the same page there. He's in the Pistons Hall of Fame, though. Yes. 
Does Tayshon <laughs> deserve his deserve his jersey retired? Probably not. No. Thank you. Okay. I, I, can, I hate to no. say it, but yeah. he probably not. He doesn't. All right. But he should not be. Makes me feel better. Oh, he should not be overlooked ever yeah. in Pistons lore. Tayshon should not be overlooked. He's in the category of most underrated Pistons ever. He's in the category. I give it to you. He's so uh, close. He's not going to argue that. He's he's really close, just because of, like his long tenure as a Piston. His tenure but... was terrible once uh, they broke up that I team. I also think Tayshon was one of the worst Pistons. I also during think that whole era. He, he of the sad boys. He he deserves huge amounts of respect for the role he took on that Pistons team. He you, you know you can't take anything away from him because yeah he he played such a big role with a team that won a championship. So regardless of what happened after that, you can't take it away. He did bring a championship to the city when Detroit, quite frankly, hasn't seen much success in a long time. Also, in those later Pistons years, the injury started coming and he started losing the athleticism. Let's not let's not give him the easy way out here. Come on, he Tayshon's just didn't my God, care. Man. I, he I'll just never didn't care. Once they Excuse traded, me? once they he tra- probably didn't care. No, no. Really. Once they traded Chauncey, Tayshon did not I wouldn't care. care that much either. I'm just saying. He knew Joe Dumars was wow. messing everything up. Chris had more faith in Brandon Knight and Reggie Jackson when they went down with injuries than Tayshon. Reggie has a higher points per oh game average than Tayshon ever did. This hey, Chris. Pistons. Speaking of losses, <laughs> maybe we should review the final uh, NFL standings we did. Oh, that and, was uh, a bit. That was a big loss that I took. <laughs> That was a big loss. That they was a rough season. That guy. Uh, Not a Hall of Famer, though. All right. So we got about five or so minutes left on the show. Second half, bold predictions for the NBA season. My first prediction is that the Philadelphia 76ers finished the season as the hottest team in the NBA. Similar and to how they did last year? They make a run to the finals. Oh, uh, let's see where the Sixers are. Sixers are six and a half games out of the number one seed. Do you think they finished top three? Yes. They're at five right now. They finished top three, and they, with Tobias Harris playing at this level in that team, just, it seems like their chemistry is a lot better than, I. their, their chemistry is better than I expected it would be from the start. It seems like Jimmy Butler and Joel Embiid are settling to, settling into playing with each other, and they're they're going to be that team that scares teams in the Western Conference going through the playoffs. They might sweep a few teams. Joe, mm-hmm. it's not a super hot take, but I just have a feeling We're, we haven't had a good Tysic hot take in a minute. He I've, had he had a hot one last podcast, didn't he? He had that was the first hot one in about really two months. Take. Yeah. I feel like the Magic are going to take the eighth spot away from the Pistons. You think the Pistons are going to miss the playoffs? Yeah. The, both the Orlando Magic take the eighth seed. I, I mean, I could, ta- I, faith in the I, could take, I could take the easy way out and say the Lakers are going to miss the playoffs, but that's kind of been like a bandwagon That's, everybody's hot. that's literally See, everybody's like a bandwagon. hot take. All right, yeah. here's, here's the thing with the Lakers missing the playoffs. Man, I hope it happens. I don't <laughs> think it will because I don't think the NBA will let it. You think the Listen, NBA is going to be able to do that end, much about to it? To be honest, my conspiracy theory. Have you seen theory, the officiating this year, Joe? The conspiracy part of my brain is thinking, yeah, you might, you might. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like the conspiracy you, you back might be right. <laughs> with the history of the NBA. Like I don't, it's not even near what it the, was. The King the not day. making the playoffs is uh, that'd be what it, the, they it would have almost to, impossible. They would have to yeah. be in close games though, and a lot of their games le- lately that they've dropped have been blowouts. I don't think that's going to be the case though for the whole entire second half of the season. I'm just saying. Something to watch out for. That'd be interesting if 
by some bad calls. Because they've already dropped their games against like Atlanta and New York, so that's yeah, but that, pretty rat. That pretty was bad. what post trade deadline. They're still kind of reeling from. The Just 80s, a bunch so. of excuses. I thought after that Celtics win, they were gonna start getting. That hot. was a great. That win. was a great team win, and yeah. then they instantly went flat a few games later. That Hawks loss was bad. Mm-hmm. That was rough. It's yeah, it was really bad. Also. I saw a clip that somebody put on Twitter. I wish I remembered their name so I could give them full credit for it. But LeBron might still be hurt in that Hawks game. In that Hawks game, yeah, I've heard things. About he was that. getting matchup. He was getting matched with Trey Young. He was getting matched with other guards that he could easily dominate. And he, he would dribble. He would dribble into the paint, stop, look around, and throw it to somebody. Yeah, there was that really concerning video clip. Yeah. He, and then, like, he drove yeah. to the basket. And he was literally at the basket with Trey Young on him, and he passed yeah. it out to I think Kyle Kuzma in the corner. He stopped, looked around, threw it in the corner, and it was a turnover. And he just dropped his head. Some something is off. It was weird. Some something's off. Something to look into. Uh, also, Jazz. I think they can make another surprise first round. The problem is, win. if LeBron misses the playoffs, ESPN's still gonna find a way to talk about LeBron. Well, they're if, gonna, you make, if well, he makes the playoffs, gonna, that's the biggest news of the they're season. Gonna if he misses, yeah. They're going to consistently talk about how what they, they need to do over the offseason. Well, while yeah. playoff what basketball of, is going it's on. LeBron, yeah. It's LeBron, the face of the NBA, with the Los Angeles Lakers, the most talked about team in the NBA. I mean, and SportsCenter is all about, and ESPN is all about creating a buzz. The first video, The first video of the team workout after they miss the playoffs will be the highest reviewed video maybe in NBA history. That month after, when it's just them in the gym yeah. and somebody somehow gets a video, everybody's like, ooh, what's happening? Uh, quick, we got a minute. Piston prediction for the second half of the season. Joe. They're going to miss the playoffs. They're only going to win maybe 10 to 13 games. They have a really easy side of their schedule. They play like the Knicks and Bulls and crap teams. And then they play the really tough teams like the Warriors and Denver and OKC, things like that. Malik. Pistons make the eighth seed, and there's no way they try to um, tank after they make the eighth seed. I agree with Malik. I think they make the eighth seed and just lose by an average of 30 points per game against the Milwaukee Bucks. I say, I I say they trick Pistons fans by winning one game and being competitive in the rest. You think? I say they completely trick the fan base and the organization. I mean, and we see, and we get set, set back another ten years. They ain't of tricking that. me. They haven't for years. <laughs> oh yeah, they won't trick us. <laughs> well, that's our well, show they for might, this week. They might trick you. <laughs> I'm already tricked. <laughs> that's our show for this week. Oh, Views man. from the sideline, February nineteenth, twenty nineteen. We will see you guys next week. Bye. Going into next season, Chris is like Don. Don might be the guy. <laughs> Going into this season, Don, Don for might, MVP. Don might do it. <laughs> be the dude.